0: Y'all see all that cotton out here? Yeah. Elementary school students picking cotton and even singing about it. This is a field trip that students in Rock Hill have been going on for 15 years but now Local leaders say it goes too far, making a game out of slavery.
1: Channel 9 South Carolina Bureau reporter Greg Suskin is live at the Old Carroll School tonight. Now, Greg, the Rock Hill School District is now reviewing certain parts of that field trip. That's right, they are. After a parent complained about the field trip here, this building right over there is the Carroll School. It's a historic building. In fact, it's on the National Register of Historic Places, built at a time when black children were educated during the Depression at that facility. Now, you can look right here and see the sign there. It says, a living history site. And today, Rock Hill students still come out here to learn. Every year, Rock Hill fifth graders take a field trip to the Carroll School out in the country. It's an old schoolhouse on the National Register of Historic Places and surrounded by cotton fields. It's the image of hand-picking cotton that started the controversy.
0: It really brings up some some real heart feelings.
1: County Um, Councilman Bump Roddy, whose own son took the field trip last year, says it's singing the songs that's offensive to some because they're reminiscent of slave songs.
0: Maybe not the wording. Uh, represented a slave song, but the, the fashion and
1: the repeating and the chanting.
2: No! The Rock
1: Hill School District has a YouTube video showcasing former Carroll students who lead the field trip, and it shows students picking cotton and singing. The district says that helps them connect to Depression-era history. State Representative John King took issue with the field trip also, saying, what happened on this field trip was insensitive and inaccurate. Something has gone terribly wrong when slavery is treated as a game. The parent, Jessica Blanchard, who complained about this, did not want to talk to Channel 9 and only told me she's hoping the school district will hear her concern and make a change. The school district sent us this statement, saying the trip has nothing to do with slavery. We've reached out and are in communication with the parent to confirm our commitment of hearing her voice and examining specific areas of the field trip to review. Roddy says there should be more thought to how the backbreaking work of picking cotton is portrayed.
0: It definitely wasn't a game situation um, for those who who had to endure those those types of activities.
1: Now, we took a look at that permission slip that parents have to fill out in order to allow their kids to come out here, and it says right on it that they'll be picking cotton here in these fields. Now, it does not mention the songs. That, of course, was the sticking point for a lot of people as far as this goes. Scott? And, Greg, you say that Rock Hill Schools told you that an African-American instructor at the school is the one who wrote that song that's right they say the songs the students are singing out here have are supposed to represent the depression era and not slavery at all and It was one of the african-american instructors who meets the children out here and works with them who wrote that song they say it in no way is it intended to sound like a slave song
3: does
4: this bother you is what you just heard what you just witnessed is it offensive to you to be in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade and go on a field trip that supposedly is about the Great Depression and Instead or during this reenactment you're singing slavery sounding songs, you're picking cotton. Does that does does that bother you as a human? If you knew that happened to you as a child? And so here's the opportunity to study. The economic side of all of this. This is what happens when you don't control your school systems. This is what happens when you don't build your own schools. When we don't band together and build our own infrastructure. They get to decide the field trips. They get to decide what vendors they use. They get a mask behind. Oh, well, a black person runs that school, so it must be right. They're masking. They're masking it all. Behind, oh, well, you know, this is a school with black people who run it and they've been running it for X amount of years. So it must be fine but imagine if that was you and imagine if this was a trend and then imagine if I could prove to you that it was a trend I want you to tell me why is this becoming a trend within the school system why is that why is taking eight, nine, ten, eleven year old kids to a cotton field made to sing songs, pick cotton, and uh, see who has the biggest bag. What benefit does that? give the school system what does that do to the the psychology of the student no man is your enemy no man is your friend every person is your teacher they're teaching them to be slaves But it's not just in this instance. The school system itself is teaching it. In that school system, they're enslaving their minds. And if you don't want to use slavery, they're domesticating the mind they are domesticating the mind.
3: racist field trip i have ever been on in my fucking life they took us to a fucking cotton processing place and there was a big ass cotton field out in the middle of fucking raymond alabama in the south of montgomery county we went there and me and 28 other little nigglets in miss harper's third grade classroom they took our asses out there in the middle of the fucking august heat and said hey y'all they gave us bags and shit like little cute little plastic bags with a cute, with a cotton puff person, with a smile on his face, and they're like, "Hey, y'all go, out, y'all go out there, have fun, pick as much cotton as you want." And so I, my stupid ass went, you know. I went. My mama signed off on it and didn't think about it. And I went to the fucking field trip. out there the field, was having a good old time. We were singing songs and shit in the middle of the fucking field, picking goddamn cotton in the middle of the fucking heat. And then, you know, I'm thinking, because it's a field trip, they told us you can pick as much as you want. Hey, you get to keep the fucking cotton. You can keep it. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to keep it. And we go go to get back on the bus. They're like, all right, kids, turn your bags in. And they take our asses inside and took all the damn cotton that we had. And then told us to get back on the fucking bus. So me being a little rebel, I took a handful of cotton, stuffed it in my pocket and went home. Then, my mama came when she was doing laundry the next night. She was like, What the fuck? Is this cotton in your back pocket? I was like, Yeah, where the hell did you get unprocessed raw cotton from? Well, yesterday on that field trip, they took us to a, a cotton processing plant, and we got to pick cotton all day long. My mama came to the school, and I swear to God, that shit went down. She locked this woman in the room, like, How dare you jive-ass motherfuckers take my kids and all these other ashy little Negroes to a fucking cotton field in the middle of the summer. You fucking soulless bitch. She fucking checked me out of school. I didn't go to school for three days behind that shit. She said, I don't want to have to look at that bitch. She was pissed at everybody. Yes, that was the most racist shit I've ever gone through in my life. I didn't even understand what was wrong until the next year. I didn't even understand. I just thought we were just gonna go have some fun in the field. So, <laughs> fuck that shit. That was fucking shit cropping if I ever seen it. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Oh I'm about to recheck. Hmm.
4: So, I think we have ourselves a trend. When you look at the cotton production in the United States, you see that cotton production is a twenty five billion per year industry in the United States employing over two hundred thousand people in total as against growth of forty billion pounds a year from seventy seven million acres of land covering more than eight eighty county uh, countries the final estimate of u s uh Production in 2012 was 17.31 million bales. And the corresponding figures for China and India being 35 million and 26.5 million bales respectively. 35 million, 26.5 million bales. Man, what a deep, deep number there. And so... Cotton production is a $25 billion per year industry in the United States. Huh. So. They, <laughs> they have these slaves come over. And or they force these slaves to come to the South. Because a lot of uh, slaves were being bought from the North to come down South and to pick this cotton and they built this entire industry off of it an industry that is in the US alone is 25 billion dollars per year industry 25 billion per year and then you have to ask yourself who who runs this thing Who runs cotton? And when you start following the money, it's an eye opening
0: experience. What made cotton so desirable? Perfect storm. In the 1790s, America's oldest crops like tobacco were depleting farmland and dropping in value. At the same time, the textile industry in Great Britain was exploding, creating enormous international demand for cotton clothing. Eli Whitney's gin merely provided the motor for a global economic machine and slavery was its fuel. Everybody was getting a piece of it. All these northern bankers and and marketing people, folks who owned the ships that transported the cotton, everybody was getting a, a piece of the pie. Cotton utterly transformed the United States, making fertile land from Georgia to Texas extraordinarily valuable. The fact that Native Americans lived on these lands was a temporary inconvenience solved by a policy of Indian removal. The massive replacement of native populations with slave plantations. It's a part of our troubled history that can still be seen from the air. If we were flying over this prior to European settlement, we would have seen large fields of corn and beans, trees, and squash. When the first English began moving in here, they began chopping down the trees and expanding the fields available for cotton. The enormous profitability of cotton undermined the principles of the American Revolution and forever altered black life. The more money the planters made from growing cotton, the more cotton the planters wanted to grow and that took more slaves slaves in the upper south became incredibly more valuable as commodities because of this demand for them in the deep south they were sold off in droves and that created a second middle passage and in many ways the second middle passage was just as devastating as the first To feed King Cotton, more than a million African-Americans were carried off into the Deep South. That's two and a half times the number that were brought to the United States from Africa. It was the largest forced migration in American history.
4: understand the history of cotton you understand the bigger players in cotton why is there not a 1% tax on all major industries in which our culture has built from the bottom every industry in which we've built from the bottom there should be a 1% tax that we get a percentage of 25 billion per year, my G? 25 billion? No, we want 1% tax. So, what is 1%? Imagine all these billion dollar industries, and you take 10 of them. <laughs> you take 10 billion dollar industries, and you put a 1% tax on just a billion dollars the game (laughs) the game is over and imagine that money then coming into the community and we disperse it in an intelligent way just imagine but see, that's why you have to be very careful paying attention to the people who are running for president because the people who are running for president are all bought. And who was who Bernie Sanders bought by? I wonder. Who bought him? Huh. Well, he was asked about reparations and this was his answer. Part of the legacy of slavery and Jim Crow in the U.S. is the legacy of income inequality in the U.S. What is your position on reparations to the descendants of slaves?
2: Well, as I just indicated, there are massive disparities uh, that must be addressed. Uh, there is legislation that I like introduced uh, by Congressman Jim Clyburn. It's called the 10-20-30 legislation which focuses federal resources in a very significant way on distressed communities, communities that have high levels of poverty. So as I've just indicated, you know, I think we have to do everything that we can to end institutional racism in this country. It is not acceptable to me that the rate of childhood poverty among the African-American community is over 30% in this country. That is beyond belief that African-Americans die from cancer at higher rates than whites. So we're going to do everything we can to put resources into distressed communities and improve lives for those people who have been hurt from the legacy of slavery. So what is your position specifically on reparations? I asked the question because Elizabeth Warren, Julian Castro, they've indicated they, they well, want to What does that support. mean? What do they mean? I'm not sure that anyone's very clear. What I've just said is that I think we must do everything that we can to address the massive level of disparity that exists in this country. I'll tell you what they mean because Elizabeth Warren has said black families have had a much steeper hill to climb. We need systematic structural changes to address that. Julian Castro has said, I have long thought that this country would be better off if we did find a way to do that, reparations. Well, I just, I agree with what Elizabeth said. So you would support support reparations? But read what she said. What does that mean? She means, I think, I don't want to put words into her mouth, is what I said. Okay? In other words, As a result of the legacy of slavery, you have massive levels of inequality. It has to be addressed, and it has to be addressed now. In in 2016, you said it would be divisive reparations. Well, again, it depends on what the word means. And I know you don't want to be divisive tonight.
4: (laughs) I think he got caught right there. He's not for reparations. And I'm not a a gimme, gimme, gimme kind of guy. But I am. I put together a solid plan because there's other candidates out here who are talking about reparations. So he's not for it. He's not for any industry paying back the very people who were forced to be here to build those industries we've built all these industries it's time the people who built these industries receive a stipend for what they built and if this was the first time ever then I would say oh well this could never be There are already reparations going on in this country. So it ain't no gimme, 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 I'm begging, I'm begging, begging. It's getting aligned with what reality and what history is. Pay me. Pay me my black equity.